Many of you know by now, I have not sold my stock in the Utah Utes and their chances at winning a Pac-12 championship, but they've got to avoid a pesky Washington State team on the road on Thursday. What do they need to do to walk out with a win? Let's go. Locked on Pac-12, your daily podcast on the Pac-12 Conference. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Locked On Pack 12. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin. Thank you so much for making this your first listen or your first view of the day. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your number one source to stay up to date with the Conference of Champions. Like, comment, subscribe if you haven't already. Big thank you to everybody out there who has done so. Today's episode brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs, helping you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college terms and conditions apply. And on a personal level, I get to have JT Wistersill on this show all the time for free, which feels like a steal and a half. He's the host of Locked On at Utes, if that wasn't obvious to those of you who are watching here on YouTube. That show is available on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. And JT, after a week off for the Utes, uh, quite an interesting game to come into on Thursday night up in Pullman off the bye. It's just an unbelievable. First of all, appreciate the shout out, by the way. Thank you very much for that. But this game is the kind of game where if you going into the season, I was looking at this game like if this was if it was USC short week, go to Washington State. I think it would have been a loss for Utah, honestly, especially and even looking at it now with how it played out when you have to come down from such an emotional high and then reset. I really think it would have been a loss for this team. But that's what's great about a buy opportunity to rest and reset. But just because they have the extra time doesn't mean they're going to be able to go in and get a win. Look, of course, I like the use chances, as you mentioned. Look at this background behind me. But this is a really good Washington State team, and I think it's going to be a fantastic game on Thursday night. And it's kind of a treat we get some Pac-12 action on this Thursday night in what should be a really good game as well. Yeah, every week doing this show, I'm always looking forward to Saturday. And everybody watching or listening, also always looking forward to Saturday. But the madness that we've seen on Thursday and Friday night games in this conference over the years does make you think that you know, a weekly Thursday or Friday game just adds a little bit of intrigue and it's a nice tease for the weekend, isn't it? And you still got a couple teams on a, a bye this week, but you got five games total, four on Saturday, one on Thursday. We're talking about this one here up in Pullman on Thursday night. So the Utes right now currently favored by seven. That line has come down. It opened at eight. There could yep. be some value on the Utes there. I personally wouldn't touch it unless it went under seven. If you could get it at six and a half, I'd take Utah. But for the reasons you outlined, JT, that they're getting some time off after that just emotional night for a lot of different reasons and the win against USC, I think sitting with that for, what, 10, 11 days, however many it it will have been since they last played, I think sitting on that win and also allowing everything to just kind of flush out and reset and refocus, I think helps them a lot. But this is a Washington State team that's got one of the best defenses in the Pac-12. The numbers back that up. They passed the eye test as well. What are you looking for, for from from Utah's side going into this game? Like, what what are early indicators that will reinstill that confidence for you in the Utes? 
I think one of the things I'm really excited about for this game is this entire past week, there's been so much praise heaped on Cam Rising, Dalton, and Kate. And those are the guys that I'm glad they had a week to kind of come down from that. But there's also another side of this. The Utah defense has had a week of extremely hard practice and had to watch that film over and over again and get roasted in that locker room by their coaches, kind of like those Coach 30 videos basically probably playing out in there and just going up and down. And I think they're excited for this opportunity to come in there. And the run defense has been a struggle this year. Cougars only average 89 yards on the ground. So it's an opportunity to kind of really reset that line of scrimmage as well and see a strong performance from that defensive line. And obviously the secondary is excited to take on another really good quarterback in Cam Ward as well. But other just going offense, I think I'm looking to continue to see this offensive explosion. The USC game was so exciting. And I just want to make sure, especially in terms of a play calling standpoint, that wasn't a flash in the pan. I want to continue to be aggressive. I want to continue to take those deep shots. I want to be fun. I want a Philly special thrown in every once in a while. I don't need one every single week, but just those fun things that make you go, man, look at Andy Ludwig out there in his bag, Utah's offensive coordinator. So just continuing to see this Utah team improve on defense is a huge thing, as well as, as I mentioned, offensively, I just want to see this team continue to be explosive. I don't know what the running game is going to look like in this one. I don't even know if Tavion Thomas is going to play. I've been talking about that a lot on my show this week. There's a lot of stuff going on there. Coach Witt has said no comment a couple times regarding him. There's also been some cryptic stuff from him on Twitter, so we're not sure what's going on with him. He's definitely still on the team as of this moment, but we don't know if he's going to play Thursday. So a running game for Utah's that hasn't been bad, but definitely not as dominant as it was last year. Pair that with an offensive line that also has struggled to run block this year. I think we're going to see another big game from Cam, but I'm really excited to see if this offense can continue and just this team can continue to take the right steps in the direction after they saved their season in terms of a Pac-12 championship last week. Now you need to go out and take care of business and make sure you stay in that race Thursday night. Yeah, Utah still has a lot of goals ahead of them. College football playoff, unfortunately for Utah, is yep. not there. But a Pac-12 championship, yes, they need some help. We've talked about those potential situations and how they can play out, and we don't need to go into them and such because I think everybody's at least mildly well-versed. But bottom line, Utah needs some help. But help has always been granted to teams in college football over the years. And I've talked about this in the context of the Pac-12 making the playoff and, and, you know, people are very confident they won't get in. I, I don't think it's incredibly likely, but to say that they're out of it right now as a conference, I think is completely inaccurate because if you have a one loss conference champion, yeah, you would need some help, right? UCLA's weak non-conference, Oregon's uh, a blowout loss against Georgia. USC also doesn't have a great non-conference with Notre Dame not being very good. You would certainly need some help. But that doesn't mean that the help can arrive because it's college football. You never know how that's going to play out. But the Utes can still win a Pac-12 championship, get to the Rose Bowl. And if they did, hopefully they'd be able to to be victorious this year. But as you look at how this team is playing right now, JT, it feels very different from a year ago where they were winning with toughness and physicality and running the football first. They feel a little bit more balanced to me offensively they don't have the horses or at least they're not playing up to their potential in in their front seven on defense or with their offensive line so I think that's why that USC game played out that way but I also think that that's a benefit to Utah in a way because you got to be able to win in more than one fashion depending on who your opponent is so when you look at teams like Oregon or if they had a rematch with UCLA in the Pac-12 championship game they can score with those sorts of teams, but going into this matchup with Washington state, what do you want to see from their offense? Because the ground game ha has been there at times, but it doesn't look the way it did a season ago. 
And so they've had to rely on Cam Rising. Is that a formula that you want to see them continue with? I do want to see this offense continue to trust Cam and let Cam go out there and be him, basically, because I think Cam is capable of that. I look at his ability to run the ball, and there's a lot of Utah fans that are, uh, and just in general, people don't love when their quarterback runs the ball, right? But personally, I just think it's what makes Cam Cam. In those short yardage situations, you give him the ball, and even a couple times just drawn up those QB draws on third, on second and long. I think is great offense for this Utah team because it's so nice when you can just use the running back as an extra blocker. It's what makes this team so effective in those situations. So continue to let Cam run and Cam be Cam, something that works so well against USC and I just think his connection has only grown stronger with a guy like Dalton Kincaid, who obviously they're, they're extremely good friends as well. For people who don't know that they are best buddies off the field, basically. So it's one of those nice connections they already have, but look at Devon Vailey, Devon Vailey, the breakout star of spring ball gets off to a little bit of a slow start against Florida only has three catches or something like that. And then you look at it as the season goes on, just continues to make big play after big play. It's been so much fun to see them come along. I mentioned the guys, just this offense being more explosive. The most explosive plays Utah's offense had last week was the deep bomb to money parks. I think money parks is a guy who's going to continue to be involved in this offense. Jalen Dixon on the outside as well. Kind of a gadget, do-it-all guy that can make those plays too. So I'm just excited to see this Utah offense continue to utilize all those weapons as well. And I am good trusting Cam and putting the game on his shoulders because in the biggest game of his season with Utah's season in danger in terms of literally it would be a failure. If you lose to USC, no matter what happens after that, it's a failure because you're not Pac-12 champs. None of that stuff happens going forward. He stepped up. He made the plays. I want to continue to see this offense, allow him to make those plays. We're starting to see them shift into more of a pass-heavy team. I think that's going to continue, and that's what's best for this team because that's their strength right now. How many times have they run the ball on first down and second and eight? third and seven, all those things. You just, it's not a recipe for success. So it took a little bit for everyone to adjust and adapt. But now that we're here, Cam Rising just had his Heisman moment last week. He's not in the Heisman race, but he's capable of making those Heisman-like plays in those moments. So let him go out there and do so. He's one of the best leaders Coach Winningham has ever coached. Let him go lead you on the field each week and open things up for him. JT trusts Cam Rising like you would all trust LinkedIn Jobs if you're looking for your next hire, because nowadays every one of them feels like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Go in there, post your job, add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. And with simple tools like screening questions, they make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and ultimately hire. Go check out LinkedIn Jobs, number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors by small businesses helping you find the candidates you want to talk to faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. So JT, looking at this matchup specifically with Washington State, there's plenty of reason to feel confident in the Utes offense and the way they performed against USC. But overall, it felt like USC's defense was bound to give up that sort of performance. I don't feel that way about Washington State. That is a good defensive unit. They're going to have a home crowd behind them. They're fast. They're physical. They're well coached. What concerns you the most about what Jake Dicker's team brings to the table? Well, you mentioned just playing on the road as well. That's something we saw this Utah. We talked about what a trap game this feels like it is for Utah. That's what last year seemed like for Oregon State. 
That's exactly what happened to this Utah team. They fell at the Beavers, and that's why I could very well see this team going out there and losing that. This defense is fast. They fly around. They're ferocious. I mean, they have one of the best, one of the reasons they were able to get one of the best wins of the Pac-12 slate is obviously because of their defense and the job they did against Wisconsin. That was on the road as well in Camp Randall, one of the most difficult places to play in college football as well. So I'm really excited to see the test that this Utah offense, we would just spend so much time talking about the things I want to see from them. It's another great opportunity for them to do so against a defense that is stronger. And I don't expect Utah to score 40 in this one. I think they can get in the 30s, but I mean, I would feel much better saying it's going to be around 35 rather than like a 38 or 39 because of how many players this Washington State team has, as you talked about. And they just got dudes at every level. They have 20 sacks in total along that defense that defense. So, you know, they get after the quarterback and it's Utah offensive line that is at times given up some of those pressures as well. And you look at guys like Henley, of course, 68 tackles. I mean, just a phenomenal guy flies all yeah. over the field, 33 solo tackles. And even looking at Mugoya, I mean, 36 tackles for him as well. So there's just so many dudes on this defense. The corners are physical on the outside. You know, they got some defensive line. You can get after the quarterback and those linebackers are going to fly and get to the ball. And that's one of the things that concerns me so much for this Utah running game is this Utah offensive line is really struggling in zone blocking to get to that second level and how are they going to do against that with arguably the best linebacker core they've played this season i think it's going to be a real challenge for them yeah day and henley's a stud there's yeah. no other way to look at it that that guy's a really really good player certainly an all-conference caliber performer one matchup i'm fascinated by that i want your thoughts on jt from a unit perspective is the washington state offensive line against the utah defensive line because when you look at how they've performed through seven games this season, I'd argue those have been probably the two biggest weaknesses for those teams on their respective sides of the ball. You know, Cam Ward has looked good at times, has been inconsistent, been a little turnover prone, but he's got good receivers. I think Nakia Watson's a good running back, but it's this offensive line that just hasn't been able to create enough holes. All season long, the Cougars have struggled to run the football and it's because of this O-line. But conversely, unlike a season ago, like what I was talking about earlier, this Utah front four has struggled to create pressure. They've struggled to have a push in the running game as well. They just don't look like a typical Utah front four, and I think that extends up to the second level as well. Certainly, they miss Devin Lloyd, who's been a high-impact player for the Jags this season for sure, and I think we all kind of expected that. But what do you make of that particular matchup? Because that's not a best on best. Yeah. You know, a, a best on best is Dayon Henley against Dalton Kincaid. That that's a here's my best guy and here's your best guy. Let's see him go at it and and see what happens. But what are you feeling going into this matchup against a pretty weak Cougars offensive line with that Utah front four? I think I'm excited to see what this group can do because as you mentioned, they have been struggling and both sides are probably looking at it from a standpoint of, man, we're better than these guys. So we should go yeah. out there and put out a good game. And that's what makes it fun is when both teams think they're better, they're both going to come in confident. I don't think either one's going to come in overconfident, but they're both coming to come in ready, prepared and really get after it. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch because of that. So for this Utah defensive line, I think they will have some moments that leave Utah fans encouraged coming out of it. I think they will get 
Look, they had four sacks on Caleb Williams, but they did not get pressure on the quarterback consistently in that game. I mean, the third play of the game, he had eight seconds in the pocket before he decided to run it for 55 yards. Like, that is a problem. And we can talk about, like, yes, oh, this Utah defensive player got pressure. But if you don't get pressure in the first three seconds, that's the key thing. Because as an offensive line, when you can hold up for three seconds, you have done your job. And the Trojans did that time and time again. It's why we're talking about kind of weakness on weakness. We said this is the we're not talking about the secondary because there were times the secondary was able to hold up in coverage for eight seconds, which is absolutely phenomenal. So for this Utah defensive line, I think there will be moments in this game where it's a little more encouraging, like, oh, look, a pressure broke through here. It'll be a step in the right direction. I do not expect Utah to dominate this game. I think there will only be one or two instances in this game where they really get pressure with just four, which will be encouraging because it really didn't feel like they got that at all. I They got it a little bit late versus USC. I'll give them that. But you just want it to be a consistent presence throughout because Utah is going to blitz. It's what they do well. It's been their best way of getting pressure on the season. And I hope they involve a guy like Mo Diabate in the blitz scheme more because he is just a freak athlete as well. So I do expect both teams. I think both teams are going to take steps in the right direction in both those games. I think you're going to see times where the Cougars offensive line, they have, they do a really good job on a run play. They block everything up. There's a big game and you'll see it come back the next time. And then boom, junior Tufuna makes a tackle for loss for two yards. I really think it's going to be a back and forth game that leaves both fan bases feeling encouraged about those units, but definitely still like they still got a little bit of ways to go. The, the redeeming quality of an otherwise struggling Washington state offense this year is that they have good wide receivers. But yeah. the reason that that I, I like Utah in this game is I like Washington State's wide receivers. Deshaun Stribling is good. Robert Farrell is that slot guy. Do you know that Renard Bell is still playing for them? That's crazy. Some people might not know that. I believe, <laughs> I think I heard this the, the, the other week. It's his seventh year on campus. I'm going to double check that. I'm pretty sure it's his seventh Covey like year. Covey-like numbers. Yeah, I, I'm yeah, exactly. You know, he's the Aaron Kraft of Washington State, yeah. <laughs> or you know, Peyton Pritchard was at Hunter Oregon Renfro. for like eight years. Hunter Renfro, yeah, exactly. I'm pretty sure Renfro still plays for Clemson, but I like it too. I feel I feel confident in the huge secondary holding up against mm-hmm. that Washington receiving Washington State receiving core, even though they are good, even though they are talented. But if you take that away and force Washington State to go to the ground. It feels like the Cougars are not only incapable of moving the ball consistently that way, but are not even close to being able to put themselves in a situation where if they have to run the ball 30 to 35 times, their offense could sustain that. I just haven't seen it from them this year at all. Yeah, and because of that, why, do, why should we expect it to change, as you mentioned? And I do trust guys like Clark Phillips, JT Broughton, Zamaya Vaughn to be able to hold up and make plays on the outside. And look, receivers are going to make plays too. They're going to catch balls for first downs. It's college football, and the NFL is trending in a similar way as well. The best players are going to eat. They do it time and time again. But... It's about how many times you can limit those as well. You're ne- the days of like shutting a guy out in terms of he doesn't really catch a pass at all. This is not going to happen with the way college football is played anymore, especially with how well offenses do a good job moving their guys around the field. So look, they're going to make a couple plays in this game. They might even score a touchdown in the end zone. Clark might get beat once or twice in this one. That's what happens. Everyone gets beat. But I do think there's going to be more times in this game than there is not that the Utah secondary wins that battle. And Ward is going to have to decide if he has, wants to tuck it and run, if he's going to throw it away 
right? Or what he's more than likely going to try to do, try to force a throw. And that's where I think these Utah DBs, especially Clark Phillips, of course, five interceptions on the season. I think he'll have a chance. JT Broughton is a guy who hasn't gotten an interception yet this season. I feel like he could really be in for a big play this game. It just feels like every week he makes a play in coverage that gets everyone excited. And yes, he gives up a couple as well, but I really feel like he's going to make a few in this one. And someone in that Utah secondary is getting an interception because I do think this Utah team is going to be able to build a lead because I'm really hoping to see a strong start from this offense. It's the one thing they really didn't do against USC as they got. That's the one thing they had to go back and watch the film is look and be like, we did not start well. So I think they will start well. Ward, after a three and out, might feel the need to press. And I think because of that, this Utah secondary is going to create a turnover. And just on the night, I think we'll look back on it and say they won the battle against Ward and this talented receiving core that the Cougars possess. Cam Ward, eight interceptions in seven games this year. He's been turnover prone at times, and that Utah defense, they got a couple playmakers on the back end. I think I like that prediction. They'll have at least one interception. Yeah. I'll I'll go with two. I do think Ward could end up tossing two touchdowns in this game. I bet you I bet you he'll be between two I bet you'll be around two fifty to two seventy five, two touchdowns and two picks. We'll revisit that prediction on uh on on monday or right well i guess we could do it on uh, friday since this is a, a a thursday night game but uh coming up jt and i will have our game predictions overall and i'll tell you just when renard bell actually got to campus in pullman it's pretty crazy but first sweat block was created by a doctor to help with his own excessive sweating it is doctor created and doctor recommended i've had problems with this over the years when i sit here in my studio if it's hot outside and the sun's coming in through the window and i'm wearing a cotton shirt and i feel it's not a comfortable feeling even if nobody's around it's an uncomfortable feeling but that's why you got to check out a product like sweat block it works it's easy to use and you have got to Go get some to wear it, to wear whatever you want with the confidence that you want without the embarrassing underarm sweat. If you or someone you love is experiencing embarrassing sweat or odor, try Sweatblock. Save 20% with promo code Locked On. That's two words at sweatblock.com. That is 20% off with the promo code Locked On. Two words at sweatblock.com. Also available on Amazon. So before we get to our game predictions here, JT, uh, Renard Bell, class of 2016, coming out of high school. He is the same age as me. It is his. He is listed as a sixth year, but this is actually his seventh with the Cougars. Absolutely. He has seen Mike Leach, Nick Rolovich, and now Jake Dick. I mean, you talk about Cougar football through and through. No better example than Renard Bell. That is some pretty fantastic stuff now the line at this game as we mentioned earlier is sitting around utah minus seven which is indicative of of the fact that utah cannot take this game lightly you can't just look at washington state even with how they've played at times this year and say oh no the utes have got them they're a better team the utes are a better team but the better team doesn't always win for a given day thursday night games can be really really crazy I, I, w- I would not touch that number with a 10-foot pole if it sat at seven. If you gave me seven and a half, I'd probably lean towards the Cougars because they're at home. If you went under seven, it reminds me a lot of Cal and, and Washington a week ago. Under seven, take the favorite. Over seven, you probably take the underdog, but I'm I'm staying away from uh, from that one. It is not making it into the Pac-12 prime, pe- prime picks. Coming into this year, I thought Utah was primed to get upset in this game, but I just don't trust. 
I just don't trust that Washington State offense enough. And even though their defense is good, I don't think they'll be able to slow down the Utes enough. I think this is pretty low scoring. I'll go 27-21. Utes, Utes get the job done. Yeah, I really like that. I think I feel the same way. I already mentioned how I don't see Utah's offense going for 40 points in this one. And we obviously don't see Washington State's doing that either. So there are going to be some stops. There could be turnovers on both sides of the ball. I think we're going to see the big playmakers make plays as we talked about. Guys like Dalton Kincaid are, of course, going to get out there and wreak havoc as well. And I'm just, it's exciting because it is the Thursday game and anything can happen. That's what makes these Thursday games so much fun. So anything like said, can happen Thursday. Yeah, <laughs> except for good games on Amazon Prime. Outside outside of that, <laughs> if anything, anything can happen. <laughs> but as it pertains to the Pac-12 and good games there, I do think this one will be fun. It'll be close in the fourth quarter. I think Cam Rising is the difference. He makes the plays on the outside and once again has people going, yeah, that Cam guy, he can play. And I do think Utah will get the win. I'm going to go 30-21. 30, 30, 21. So we're both kind of in that uh, that same sort of range. We'll, of course, get to uh, revisit those predictions on on Friday. I'll, uh, I'll come on and see whether or not I will be uh, eager to remind you of what I said here or perhaps trying to you know fib the history and whatnot. And by the way, speaking of those Thursday night games, before I get to a big question, big, big picture question here about the, the youths, can we talk about how hilarious it is when Al Michaels is oh is God. on is on the call, and Al is just great, like he one of the best play by play guys ever. Legend. And when it's a bad football game, <laughs> he is doing everything in his power to not go on there and say, "Man, these teams suck." I know. <laughs> <laughs> like he is just. There are so many times where he's just disgusted because yeah. he's seen so much football over the so years much. and great he's football. Seen Sunday night games are awesome exactly. normally. The ones he's had in the years. They've always been awesome, and these Thursday night games have just been dud after dud. I mean, you had the Bears and the Commanders. Chiefs, yeah, my man went from Chiefs Bills to like you just mentioned Bears Commanders. Like that is an yeah. incredible downgrade. <laughs> it's, it's terrible, and he's just on there going, "Yeah, well, you know, I guess I'm here, and these teams are doing this and everything, but uh." Yeah, I think that team's owner should leave, and I don't, I don't think these offenses are any good, and all these guys are terrible. It's pretty funny. But last thing, uh, bringing it back to the Pac-12 here with JT Wistersill of Locked On Utes. What are the biggest things you're looking for in this game, JT, that you want to see continue to carry over for Utah if they are going to run the table to get back to the Pac-12 championship game? They need some help, but I think they'd be in a pretty good spot if they were to end the year at 10-2 and and 8-1 and in conference play. What do you need to see in this game that'll give you the confidence to think, yeah, okay, they can do that for the next six weeks? That's the key, right? Five. What do you need to see? Five. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> what do you need to see that gives you the confidence? I already have all the confidence in Cam Rising, as I, as you guys can tell, obviously, by listening to this for the past 26 minutes. I have confidence in Clark Phillips in the secondary. Where I don't have confidence is that front seven. Where I don't have confidence is this offense's ability to run the ball. So I'm not looking for a dominant game. Utah doesn't need to go for 150 rushing yards on the ground, and they don't need to get seven sacks in this game. But I want to see encouragement. I want to see, let's look at the front seven first. I want to see pressure. I want to see tackle for losses. I want to see big-time plays. I want to see that missed tackles number be under five, something it was definitely not against USC on for Utah's offense. I want to see those runs over 10 yards, which is something this, that running backs just haven't been able to get for this Utah team. And Notavion Thomas, as I mentioned, I just, I doesn't feel like he's going to play right now. He's probably going to hurt that, but 
if just a couple times, if Jalen Glover can have two over 10, if guys like Mackay Bernard can continue to be spectacular, I'd love to see Jaquindon Jackson, their quarterback converted to a running back, even who's just absolutely electric, get a couple of those as well. So just those encouragements, the offensive line doing their job, executing, being able to reach the second level, continuing to show in pass protection, they're capable of picking up those stunts and blitzes and twists and all the different things that a defense can throw at you as well. So the, and I just want to see steps in the right directions from the weaknesses of this Utah team, because when you have a bye week and you have this much time to prepare and this much time to get better, this should be one of the better performances this unit puts in, or at least show you that this is things are going in the right direction. And we can get to this, to the point where we can win a PAC 12 championship, not with those two units as strengths with, but with them being capable pieces that are complements to the strong points being the secondary and then the passing attack. Another reason Utah has got to get this done is Kyle whittingham has been around for 18 years and Jake Dicker has yep. been around for not even a full season yet. And I, and I like what Dicker is doing with Washington state to be very clear. And I think they lose this game. They go to four and four. Don't feel very good about it. Cause it'll be a one and four stretch. But then I think they'll end the year strong just with the way their schedule plays out. I still think, my preseason prediction for them of seven and five is going to come true. So Washington state fans, I wouldn't panic if you lose this game and you're sitting at 500, I think they'll be able to uh, bounce back there, but you give me extra time and both teams are coming off buys here, but Whittingham Dicker, I, I think that's edge uh, Whittingham in that sense. Mm-hmm. JT Wistersill, the host of lockdown Utes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcasts. My man, it's always good to talk to you and, uh, Thursday night craziness. You never, you talk about Pac 12 after dark. Pac 12 after dark takes on a new meaning when it's on a Thursday or a Friday. We could do a whole episode going through the uh, games that have been played that are just absolutely crazy in these sorts of environments. So can't wait for it. Great to have you on, my friend. Always great joining you, Spencer. And as you said, say it with me. Good Thursday night football. Let's do this thing. (laughs) Yes, indeed. Appreciate everyone listening. See you all next time and have a wonderful rest of your day.